You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Got a couple of games to recap over the weekend. One on Friday that saw the Charlotte Hornets beat the Miami Heat and one yesterday a matinee where we saw the Hornets lose to the Phoenix Suns in overtime and I'm sure a lot of you are angry having watched that game at the end of that contest and a few calls did not go the way of the Charlotte Hornets not have you found peace with the way that the game ended yesterday I accept that the referees are just going to be bad like and and <laughs> This is the way that I, I'm not going to tell people how to fan, even though I have done that in previous episodes. But the one thing I would just point out to fans at this point is, look, we are going to have or you're going to have those games where the refs or referees aren't that good. Last yesterday was absolutely one of them. And at this point, it's time to accept it and move on. So I've accepted it. I've moved on. And more importantly, the Hornets won three of the three of the four games. So without Lamelo Ball, yeah, and, grand scheme of things, not bad. Um, yeah, and the and again, this is a game against the Phoenix Suns where it's only the Utah Jazz coming into that one that have a better record on the West Coast than what Phoenix does. And we've already seen the Hornets beat Phoenix. It was that first West Coast road trip that they had. That was a close game, and the Hornets were able to take care of business against that good of a team. And then in this one, you at least go to overtime. But yeah, it's it's frustrating as hell. I'm not trying trying to sell the moral victory thing here. But of course, in the grand scheme of things, you look at the last stretch of basketball that the Hornets have played all without LaMelo. You have to say generally, they're playing pretty well. They beat the Spurs 197 with no Mello. They destroy mm-hmm. Houston kind of like they're supposed to, even without Mello, uh, LaMelo, but they do it. They take care of business in that regard. And then they beat Miami on Friday. Miami comes back in the second half to make it at least, I guess, a little more interesting, but the Hornets destroyed them in the first half. So you get this game against Phoenix, one of the best teams in the NBA, at least in the regular season, and you go to overtime with them, having beaten them already this season. So I, I like, for the most part, where this Hornets team is right now if you're to take I guess a smaller macro approach right not just this game against Phoenix but if you're to take the last four games without mellow approach and try to evaluate what we've seen three wins against still I think a decent team even if it's out without Victor Oladipo and Bielitsa who were traded to Miami those guys did not play on Friday it was too soon after the deals were done but a decent team with Miami, a decent team with San Antonio, a pretty good team with Phoenix, and you go to OT. Overall, Nada, life post LaMelo, it's not, it, it sucks, but they've at least tried to help us out as much as they possibly can post LaMelo. Yes, they have. And they've shown, they've had good showings for themselves. And quite honestly, like Malik Monk averaging 20 points on the week helps. You have Devontae Graham that has found his stroke and gotten him himself back into a groove. That helps. There are certain times where Devontae feels himself a little bit too much, and I'm talking about the end of overtime, and I'm talking also about the end of the regular, uh, regular uh, regulation in that Suns game. But at the same time, 
this team was still going to be good with or, or this team was still going to be competitive with or without LaMelo regardless. Did we act like the sun, sun, the sun was falling and clouds were falling and everything else like that? Yes, we did. <laughs> was it perhaps a little bit premature? Probably. But at the same time, they've shown to themselves to be fairly competitive. Now the only question is, who's going to be that guard that when LaMelo's hurt or uh, when LaMelo's on hurt and Malik Monk's hurt, is it going to have to be one of those Martin twins or can Brad Wanamaker actually, you know, contribute? Well, he gets in this game. He actually does make his debut after the trade deadline and this one and does essentially nothing. Doesn't play all that much just for a little over four minutes in this one. And he gets a foul immediately upon entering this game. And you had to go to, I guess, some type of guard because Malik Monk was out of that game against Phoenix. And uh, you did not see um, you did not see Malik Monk because he was out out with a right sore foot um, or so, you know, we'll see about Malik Monk going forward, but you did see Brad Wanamaker play in that game against the Phoenix Suns to make his debut as a Charlotte Hornet and not, I'm just looking ahead at the schedule real quick before we maybe break down the games in the next two segments. Now they go on another West or excuse me, not West coast, but another road trip. So they went on one right before all-star break. Then immediately after the all-star break, they go on another one. They finished that up against Houston. They played a couple of home games Friday and Sunday. Now they're right back on the road. They play the wizards tomorrow on Tuesday and the road trip will finish up after six games, April 9th against Milwaukee. Then they're back at home. And that's when you start to see more home games than road games to finish out the rest of the season. We've asked them to survive a couple of times, right? We all we did, all we did was ask them to survive the first West Coast road trip that they went on. And I would say they did more than that. You go three and three. That's more than surviving. I think two and four would have fit under that description. And they went 500. You go on this next road trip. They go two and three (laughs) close to 500. That's surviving. We'll see if they're able to do that here. Washington should be a win. Brook should be Brooklyn should be an L and we'll see about Probably Indiana on a national and it's a national game. Yep. Too. TNT. They're going to be playing uh, on Thursday um, against Brooklyn on TNT. So the next games after that on the road, it's Indiana, Boston, Oklahoma city, and Milwaukee. We've done this a couple of times. Nada. I've thrown out a couple of records and you've laughed at me both times. Okay. Oh, I've learned my lesson. (laughs) You you would think you would think you would have the first time. I'm going to throw out another record. We're going to see if you truly have learned your lesson. Okay. So Washington, Brooklyn, Indiana, Boston, Oklahoma city, Milwaukee. Can we go three and three? Is that going to be something that you laugh at me? Even without LaMelo Ball now, we've got an added element to this. Or are you going to accept that and say, you know what? Maybe he's right this time. I'm expecting two and four of the obvious games being the ones like tomorrow and OKC. I I just I'm not going to laugh at you, but I expect two and four. OK, and I think that's fair. So, I mean, just if you just go with the odds of who's who's the favorite on paper, Hornets should be the favorite in that game against Washington and Oklahoma City and Indiana. It's going to be close. I would imagine Indiana is probably the favorite with Karis back at home. Um, And we'll see about Boston, I guess, even though Boston is still we just don't know exactly what's wrong with them to some degree. Boston is the one game I would expect, honestly, because Boston's not healthy. Yeah. And 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 that's the if they're not healthy, then 
Okay. It makes sense. Um, two and four, totally fine if you're expecting that. But yeah, we'll, we'll see about three and three. We'll, we'll see if they can just even survive this one. But not a, that's the thing, right? Like the survive advance. If you want some March terminology because that's what the month we're in, then I'll give it to you here in an NBA landscape. If you survive again another road trip and the rest of the season, you're finishing out these games at home, it looks pretty good, even without LaMelo, for the Hornets to maybe make the playoffs outright and certainly make the play-in tournament. Uh, we want to talk to you about Bet Online AG. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. I said the tournament, didn't I? I meant to say the playoffs. Yes, you did. Uh, football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on I want to talk about individual performances in the last couple of games the Hornets played who's trending up and who's trending down we'll talk about that next on the lockdown Hornets podcast this is locked on Hornets I said, oh, oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me. You're going to be singing the chorus to Billie Jean if you ain't careful. <laughs> and Again, I point to the lie. Yes, I you're well, yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being exactly. had out there. Goodness gracious. Unexpected exactly. ones. Point ones to that the lie. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. You can follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your pods. And before we jump into the individual performances, we got to get to Built Bar Madness. It's another week oh, man. of Built Bar oh, Madness. Baby. We've got oh, four baby. more matchups this week. And then I think we actually decide the championship at the end of this week. So that's going to be on yeah, April. Thursday. Yep. April is when we'll give you the winner of the whole shebang. This matchup, nada, it features caramel brownie versus coconut brownie chunk. I ask you not to laugh at the prediction of what the Hornets could do on the road. You can laugh at this matchup if you want to yes, between caramel and brownie and coconut brownie chunk. You weren't going to stop me from laughing at this matchup <laughs> anyway. You weren't. Yeah, it's done. Um, what we're going to see is Coconut Brownie Chunk move on once again. The real question is, is there going to be any flavor that competes with that, Nada? Because right now, that's no, what we, that's the last matchup to not. see who gets in the final four. But I don't think that there's anybody that's going to be messing with Coconut Brownie Chunk. No, like, let, let's be real with ourselves here. Coconut Brownie, brownie Chunk is the GOAT. They are Gonzaga. I said this at the beginning of this tournament, and anyone, quite honestly, if you vote for anything other than coconut brownie chunk when it's in the same bracket, you are the feds. You are, I do not trust you. You are an op. You are whatever version of the cops that I can think of at that time. I do not trust you. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair to say. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie. Look, they're all great flavors. It's just there's clearly a favorite. Um, and they're clear. There clearly is the best one, but they're all amazing. They're also low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they are 100% covered in chocolate. Go to builtbar.com or go to their Twitter handle at bar underscore built. And remember to use that promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best 
tasting protein bar. You mentioned Devontae Graham in the first segment, Nada, and he stepped up in this game against Phoenix big time. Even if it wasn't at the end, he missed a couple of those shots in regulation and overtime. He still hit the shot to get it to 90 to 90 and eventually force an overtime. Devontae's starting to feel it a little bit more recently. You look at what he's done post all-star break. Devontae Graham is shooting 47% from three, Nada. That's awesome. We're finally seeing Devontae hit these shots post all-star break after you got the rest that you needed. And of course, with LaMelo out, his minutes are up, which is clearly expected. He's playing about 30 minutes, a little bit more than that per contest. um, And especially overtime helped with this Phoenix game that we saw yesterday. But before that, Uh, Devontae was really averaging just about 20 minutes per game in the month of March and even going back a little bit further, but he's shooting really well from three Uh, the field goal percentage. It wasn't great. The last two games, it was 41.7, 42.9, but overall the post all-star break portion of his uh, individual performances, see him shooting a little over 45% from the field. He's, he's playing better and he's stepping up when LaMelo has gone down. He it's still like 90% three-point production when you're talking about how many points he's scoring he did get to the foul line five times yesterday that's not anything you can expect consistently going forward it really is all beyond the arc but you know what nada at least he's hitting those shots now at a really high clip and you love to see him start to bounce back a little bit more from what was this, uh what was a uh, pretty tough start now it was a very tough start and i honestly don't blame him he had a rough schedule And I do wonder how much of drafting LaMelo was in his head. And for what Devontae has done, I I granted, a lot of his shots have been a lot better. But it just, for me, it really does come to how much was the better point guard and the better guy, I can admit this freely now, how much of it was LaMelo being here that affected how Devontae felt about this season. Because... The way Devontae looks now compared to the way he looked before this, like he looked like somebody that knew his spot was going to get taken. And it was only a matter of time. So I do like like I said, this this feels different now. This feels like, OK, I don't have to worry about I don't have to look over my shoulder anymore. Well, and yeah. now that now that he doesn't have to do that, he's kind of free. Yeah, And James Borrego isn't going to anybody else. You're not going to Brad Wanamaker. The only player that you would go to is Malik. But there's plenty of minutes to distribute between Terry Rozier, Malik Monk, and Devontae Graham. It's not like Devontae is going to sit long-term for any of the Martin twins. So you're right about Devontae. He's going to get his minutes. And you you see what's happened this season, right? At the beginning of the year, he was in a terrible shooting slump. He wasn't hitting anything from the outside. And then he starts to at least become mediocre shooting beyond the arc. It's not atrocious, and it's fine. And the advanced stats point to him performing well in other areas in the game. And now you've seen him post all-star again, shooting really well. Um, and also not this is after the injury. So you're talking about a, a, a month's worth of time that Devante did not see live organized basketball. You look at him the last game before the Detroit contest right out of all-star weekend. It was against San Antonio on February 14th. He played 19 minutes, two of seven, five points, right? The next game he plays is March 11th. So you're talking about almost a month after that. That's the next game he plays. Gives you the same stat line. (laughs) Two of seven, seven points 
one of four from the yard compared to one of five the game previous to that. And boom, that's when everything started to uh, go well for him. Three straight games of hitting half of his three pointers and the minutes go up, obviously, with LaMelo out. So it, it, it's interesting. After the injury, he had the one game and then everything's kind of been up since for him, uh, really going back to the Toronto Raptors win that we had. Uh, it was, it's been really one of those stretches where like i i'm quite honestly i'm kind of pressed i just i just i just hope for consistency at this point yeah i think that's where i'm at with this like a lot of these guys yes they're stepping up can you be more consistent because if not then this is going to be a very quick trip to uh play in territory and for the first time i want to say pretty much since this since the season started I'm feeling kind of good about a top six spot in this in the East this year. <laughs> like I'm feeling, I'm feeling it. And again, there are going to be some people that are going to be like, "Hey, aren't you the guy that says enjoy the ride?" Yes, but you can enjoy part of the destination if you feel good about it. <laughs> the idea is to soak in the good feeling, people. I'm not very good at it. And clearly, if you're bringing up the fact of, of what I said before, neither are you. Yeah. So, you know what? We can all learn this nice, together. Nice way to flip it on him. It's, it's their fault if they bring it up. That was really excellent work by you. And yeah, I, you. I, I'm also interested to see if the assist numbers start to go up because that hasn't necessarily been the case with LaMelo out. You got the one game against Miami where he had eight assists, um, but everything other than that he hadn't had more than really four except for that game against detroit I, with Lamelo yeah. out i wonder if we see more assists from him um going forward certainly i hope so yeah yeah and and we'll see i, I think so too because the ball's in his hands more you have seen the turnovers go up the last two games he had six against miami he had four against phoenix and look here's the thing about Devonte, right like I, I think the most frustrating thing about him a guy i wanted to bet on contractually before the season started and I walked back those comments after watching the first basically month uh, of him playing. The thing that's been so frustrating is the fact that he hasn't gotten better at the aspects of basketball. I wanted him to get better at, right? It's with inside the three point arc. Yeah. But also I guess there's a case to be made that he's not good at it. So just keep doing the things that you're, <laughs> that you're doing well at and just have everybody else score with inside the three-point arc, try to get to the free throw line and see how that works. And maybe this is just Devontae's game, and there is absolutely a spot for that. And also, as we've mentioned, he's stepping up in LaMelo's absence, which was a guy I think we were all paying attention to first and foremost when LaMelo went down. The other guy, Nada, it was Malik Monk, and we'll give you a quick breakdown yeah. of him before we go to the next segment. Malik was bananas against Miami and you saw him against the Rockets. He was awesome against Houston as well. Two really, really good games for what Malik Monk brought you shooting half hitting at least half of his three point attempts in both of those games. He went for 32 doing a lot of his work really early on to set the tone against Miami and the heat weren't able to come back. You also see him not turning the ball over only one or two times the last couple of games. He actually mm -hmm. was dishing it against Houston when he had four assists. Uh, Malik was awesome, man. Like it, it's, it's funny. Those are the two guys that you're going to be paying attention to the most with LaMelo out and boy, they both have stepped up. Look, at this point, I'm just glad he's a restricted free agent. Like, I am legitimately yeah. glad for that point because they're clearly going to qualify him. They're clearly going to let him go seek his deal, and they're probably going to match even if it's a max at this point. Like, <laughs> I am legitimately surprised by all of this, 
But it goes back to what I keep saying. I appreciate the growth of Malik Monk because there's a lot of this stuff that he was not doing last year. He was not this kind of off-ball free safety defender where he's getting steals and taking it to the and taking it to the rack for free buckets. He's not. He's also not the guy that he's just. He's just improved, man. Like there's not. I could bloviate. All I, all I wanted to about how much he's improved and how much I'm impressed by his improvement. But honestly, it's just he's really been cold. And I wish there was a chance he had a shot at most improved player because he's earned that and he's put in the work. And that's the thing, I guess, like I wish that we could I wish that Lamella was here so that you could possibly see that potential of getting MIP because if there's anybody that deserves it on the Hornets, it's Malik Monk this year. And what you've seen from him, it was post all-star break with LaMelo still in the mix. Malik wasn't even getting to 20 minutes. You know, James had docked his run again, right out of all-star weekend. And because he goes down, he's getting 25 per game right now. And he's made the most of it. Just like what Devante is doing. The Hornets are winning games and they're competitive against a team like Phoenix, who is one of the best regular season teams, at least as it stands right now. So you got to feel okay where the Hornets are, even with LaMelo being out. We'll take a quick break. Uh, but first, I want to talk to you guys about the Lockdown NBA Draft Podcast. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Lockdown NBA Draft Pod. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. You can subscribe today and follow Lockdown NBA Draft wherever you get your podcast. One more segment going up. Um, and we talked about a couple of the players that are trending upward. What about one player trending downward? That's coming up in the last segment of the Lockdown Hornets pod. This is Locked On Hornets. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presence. More than God Almighty. <laughs> Keep this. You're, you're not deleting this at all. This is going to end up being a, a, a bit. I promise you. It's going to no. no. It's going to be a bump. It's going to be a bump. Let it. Let it. Just let it be. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds Hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. You write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, we talked about the positives. Here's a couple of negatives regarding some players and what they've done post-All-Star break and even in the month of March. Nada, let's look at Gordon Hayward, where yeah. he was very, very good at the beginning of the season. Everyone was doing the victory lap on how absolutely this signing was worth it from what we had seen from him, and he was getting legitimate all-star consideration when it was time to vote, right? Gordon Hayward's numbers stacked up with a lot of the other fringe all-stars. 
Chris Middleton was a guy I thought should have gone in um, and his numbers were really good, but it was like Chris Middleton, Zach Levine, who eventually did get in a Gordon Hayward was put in there as well. Like those were the types of guys that we were trying to figure out. Maybe a Kyle Lowry and a Drew Holiday, some of those other players. There was a lot in the Eastern Conference as we were trying to figure out who deserved to be in there. And Gordon Hayward had a really good case if you just looked at the way he performed for the Hornets. Now you look at what he's done since he's since the All-Star break uh, ended, right? You look at that game against March 11th. Right or on March 11th, excuse me, I can't talk. So what he's done since then, he's averaged 14.3 points per game. He's done so on only 41% shooting, but he is at least shooting 42% from three. He's only doing so, though, um, at under four taken per game. You look at what he's done since LaMelo has been out, and you would think, of course, it's going to be Terry Rozier who has to continue to be really consistent. It's going to be Gordon Hayward who's got to step up and, and carry a little bit more of the load. Well, he does so against the Spurs. The first game without LaMelo, he goes 27 points, hits three of the four threes that he took, and he was awesome. Seven rebounds, six assists, only three turnovers. The guy played a great game against San Antonio. Um, against Houston, only plays 19 minutes. I think had the injury, you know, or, or I think the I, I forget what was going on in Houston. Um, but only played 19 minutes. He was totally very competitive, in either, right? So right, right. Good to help. Um, so you look at Gordon, fine, whatever. The last two games, nada. Four of 12, four of 15, 11 points, 15 points for him, and we have seen some of these moments from him again, right? Like before. Um, you, you saw that game against the Lakers, seven points. You saw the game against Denver, seven points. You saw the game against Toronto, nine points. Man, that's a lot of single point outputs where the field goal attempts were down, and that kind of explained a little bit of the low point total. But now they're back up again with LaMelo out, and he's still giving you some lackluster performances. What have you made of what Gordon Hayward has showed us so far? I, I, I don't want to come hard down hard on it on him because – at the same time, he was responsible for a lot of early season performances. And I like it's tough, man. Like I expect this I expected him to be better overall this season, and this is another low. But quite honestly, at this point, he's just gotta play better. Because if he's not, then at some point the defense of this is you can't be the highest paid player and clearly be third, fourth, fifth in the offensive pecking order. You came here to be the start to have a starring role in the offense and you can't go and do that and just be that bad consistently because everybody's focusing on you. At some point you're either going to have to start really making shots or you're going to have to figure another way to contribute and right now he's got to do something because you can't it just keeps going back to the you can't be p- getting paid Literally, the Hornets can't be expending $40 million a year for you to be this bad, point blank. And unfortunately, that's the rules of the game, even in a year where there really are no expectations. So play better. That, that's, really <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we have to have them do. And I mean, that's the thing, though. You, you, if Malik Monk can counteract some of the lack of scoring for Gordon, then OK. If Devontae can show up, then OK, fine. Maybe the Hornets can get away with that every once in a while. But 
of, of course, you want the guy making $30 million and you want somebody that regardless of what he's paying, you also brought him here to help you in the half court set. Come out when your offense gets a little stagnant. Okay, Gordon, go get us a bucket. And he does the thing where he shimmies his way to the basket and he's able to score with some nice moves and also be able to hit at a high clip. And that's just not happening right now at a real consistent rate. He gave you 25 against Sacramento. That helped them win that game and that comeback. And then he gave you 27 against the Spurs when LaMelo goes down. Um, but man, I, there's a lot of games in the month of March, Nada, where you're just kind of throwing your hands up and it's like, dude, just just not good. Just Gordon Hayward too, just too not many. playing all that well. Too many. And that's yeah. the thing. Like, it'd be one thing if this wasn't a routine disappearing act at this point. Like, this is getting to the point. I'm not saying it's Batum-like because it's too soon to call it Batum-like, but he's got to be more effective from the field. And if that's if that's drawing more fouls, so be it. If that's assist, again being that conduit, if that's going to be that, then okay. But you can't. The counting stats have to be a little bit more. And I understand that the game is more than counting stats now. But for right now, like I'm not going to go in. But I need to see more. Yeah, uh, we certainly want to see better performances from him. And we'll go to one more just because this one made me sad. I, I, I could have just been at a complete all time high. This is going where I, if this is going where I think it is, I, I, have, I might have to defend him on this. Well, okay, and fair enough. But PJ Washington, okay? Yep. Zero points. <laughs> I know. 44 minutes. I mean, it's a lot. That's a lot of minutes. O of seven. O of four from deep, O of two from the charity stripe did give you 12 rebounds and a couple of assists, a couple of blocks, a couple of steals, right? Just everything and else. He was kind your of best big on the floor. He was man. It, by that, far. That, not a, that's the thing. Like that's an atrocious offensive performance. Zero points in 44 minutes on seven shots. It's bad. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, uh, you can, <laughs> you don't have to dive deep into the numbers and look at it like, yeah, good God. I mean, let's get something offensively from you. But there was a lot of activity from him defensively. And you look at Cody Zeller, you know, he only plays, uh, he doesn't play much in this game going back to the box. Yeah, 11 minutes for Cody. And then you look at Bismack only playing 15 and PJ was the guy playing 44 minutes and we can all, of course, as we should take the plus minus number for, you know, with a huge grain of salt to the point where maybe it means nothing to you, but zero points in 44 minutes and you're still a plus four. And that's only second to Terry, the best plus minus number that you get with the starting five. I'm kind of with you. Like there were some other things that were okay. Look, he, <laughs> it sounds crazy. He can't do that, right? Like even if yeah. you get a little bit from PJ offensively, you win this game and that's a yes. problem. Okay. We, we can't go away from that, but I'm totally with you on the defensive end. All right. Like there were some things that PJ did that you have to give credit to. Like here's the, here's my, here's my reflection on the PJ performance. If you, again, granted, you have to ignore the, the no points. But if you take that out, he was the best big and he was the big that was responsible for getting them from 13 points down to regulation, being the guy that you could count on for a board, being the guy that you could count on to seal other bigs to allow the guards to get to get rebounds. At some point, that has to factor. And granted, that does. And I know it's Doug Branson's favorite thing to, to hear, but that doesn't <laughs> factor in to a stat sheet. 
It doesn't, unfortunately. There were a lot of other places where P.J. contributed. Unfortunately, the score sheet was not one of them, and yet they were still competitive in that game. I did not like the memes. I did not like StatMuse pointing that out. But at the same time, (laughs) yeah. it was just one of those things like I felt bad for the dude because other than that, he played a game. He had an impact on the game. And it's why sometimes counting stats are some of the most overrated things because some things, unfortunately, do not show up on the stat sheet. PJ had himself a good game. He just didn't. Again, he just had a unlucky shooting night i mean okay like this this is me being all over the place where it's like walker pick a stance and stick with it and i get that like i don't know if we can say good game because not that's so many minutes without a point on the scoreboard that's a lot if he gives you any if he gives you any offense then you win this game Right, yeah, like if he gives you anything if he makes one bucket then you're looking at a then you're looking at at something different but at the cost of what would I trade 20 points for his defenses and his rebounds? No, because that game's a laugher. But you could like, get you could get five, <laughs> right? Like you could get one made bad. That's the thing. So I, I don't blame StatMuse or anybody else pointing that out because it's totally within fair territory. But uh, again, I agree with you in that he was active. He was he was moving around on the defensive end, and I think you could see those contributions. And we we got to give some love to Miles Bridges real quickly before the end. Yo, we talk about real. exciting. He was awesome. Okay, like uh, we we talked I about seeing more of that Miles. So yeah, I he, want to. We don't see that Miles nearly enough. Pissed off Miles is a uh, honestly pissed off Miles can be a top 100 player in this league. We do not see it enough. I want to see more. I really want to see more. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing that allows you to move away from Bismack Biombo. And if you don't trust Cody, then you can play PJ and Miles at the four five, and it's an effective lineup even when PJ goes goose egg from the field. Like Miles gave you a ton of effort rebounding the ball, 12 rebounds, five offensive rebounds for miles. By the way, you saw those putbacks. PJ had four offensive rebounds and you saw him almost send Eric Collins to the hospital. That's usually LaMelo and miles where miles has done that, but he was doing that a lot in this game against Phoenix. So a huge tip of the cap to miles for playing so well in this game against the Suns. All right, that'll do it for the lockdown Hornets podcast. Thanks as always for joining the show. We'll be back with you tomorrow to get you set for that Washington Wizards game and also get you set for the road trip the Hornets are about to embark on. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you again tomorrow.